There are no bad shots, especially on this podcast. We are back with another episode of the No Bad Shots podcast with my co-host, Alyssa Charleston, and myself, Stephen Madison. And today we have an awesome guest, one of your favorites, one of my favorites, good guy, John Newley, the head coach of the University of Idaho women's basketball. And he was unbelievable. That guy can talk, and he is <laughs> unreal amount of knowledge that he has. Oh my in the gosh! Basketball world, just everything. It was it was great to see someone how innovative he's been as a coach, and how he's been able to adapt to the times, and that's what has led to his, his success. And I, I I can't I can't thank him enough for coming on. It was unbelievable. He gave us so much time, and I learned way more than I knew about him. Like where he kind of developed the offensive mindset that he had that I loved that. Uh, involved a lot of shooting and freedom. Um, he is such a great basketball mind. And if you are a basketball nerd and it, in general, if you like basketball, you will love the conversation we had because he we got into depth. Uh, we got into, you know, my years that feel like a million years ago because I feel like I'm like geriatric now. But he is one of the biggest influences in my life. And I told him that and he always will be. And we basically decided at the end of it, all three of us need to go to the corner club, get a beer in uh, one of these days coming up soon when COVID continues to to calm down. So what we also want to do on this podcast, we saw on Twitter, follow us on Twitter. Um, I believe it's at no bad shots. I think it's just easy like that. No bad shots pod. Yes, I think yes, at no bad yes. shots pod. Um, make sure to follow us. And if you want to ask us questions, uh, Steven got a question this week from Martin Heemstra that he didn't answer on Twitter. So he's going to do it here. What was it like playing all the time against Sim Bular? And before you answer it, tell us who he is. It's actually funny because I was just talking to um, a couple of guys on my team about Sim Bular actually yesterday. It's funny that this he's is still in your up. life today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just when you talk <laughs> about one of the biggest human beings you've ever seen in your life and played against, it's tough because he is definitely that guy. And um, Sim Bular is a guy that um, Indian Canadian that wow. yeah from Canada. His Indian descent played at New Mexico State, seven foot four. Came in as a freshman, around four hundred pounds. Lost about hundred pounds in his what? first. Yeah, lost about hundred pounds in his first year. Um, unbelievable player. That's the thing that people don't realize. A guy of his size had unbelievable touch. That's what I was telling people. He shot like eighty percent from the free throw line. Obviously, got fouled a lot. Got fouled way more than they called because it's just hard to call fouls on somebody when they're not getting moved. Mm-hmm. But unbelievable player um always enjoyed playing them they were always good so it was always that challenge of like hey we're going up against the best team tonight they got one of the best big men in the nation you know it's go time for sure but there is definitely a few times stories that i can vividly remember and um one of them is he dunked on me and didn't jump which was (laughs) (laughs) which was really interesting so we're playing in the dome we're playing our we played like a three two zone kind of uh zone and I was the foreman, so I got I got I'd get caught on the block with him. And you know they tell you don't let him catch the ball deep, don't let him steal you deep. Well, he sealed me at the block, so it was bad already. He caught it, looked over his shoulder, looked, and I'm like in a stance with my elbow out at his hip, like uh, trying to stop him. He just looked, looked, and then just turned and dunked it, and didn't even <laughs> jump, and just turned and dunked it right over me without even jumping, because I was just so low, like ah, uh, like trying to fight for for him for position. And it was it was 
it was really unreal. He just dunked it and then ran back, didn't say nothing. He was always like a nice guy, sure, for sure. But <laughs> just that politely was, ruining your ego. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely one of them. And <laughs> that's how I tell the guys too. On def- when I was on offense, I would just run and just jump into his like basically his lap trying to get a foul and just see if I can get a foul <laughs> call because he wasn't going to take a charge. And he could just stand there and block all of us. So it was like I would just yeah. try to like get into his arms before he get his arms up, and maybe I can get an and one foul. And I, I got a couple of them, and he'd get pissed. Like I'm just standing here, man. Like what am I supposed to do? The guy just flies into my lap. Like I gotta catch him. <laughs> so it was it was interesting playing him, man. Is it, it was definitely a, it was a fun time because we definitely had our battles. We'd win at home, lose there, type thing. And obviously, like Coach Newley talked about, we lost to them in the title game, which was a. Uh, which is a battle too, but uh, unbelievable player. I hope I answered your question there, Martin. He also gave yeah. me my, one of my, a concussion too. That was that was interesting. A real one? Yeah, that was like I think that was one of the first times I was ever like, okay, this is a concussion because yeah, we were playing them in Vegas, and it was the same type of thing. We're in the zone. They set a double high ball screen. He rolls. Our thing was okay. You got to meet him at the free throw line so he can't wait get you all the way to the hoop. Same type of thing. <laughs> I get there, get low like this. They threw it to him quick, and he just turned, didn't even have his elbows up, just turned like this, but his elbow was at my face and just caught me in the face. <laughs> like, just normal. Big. Yeah, it's just that tall. So it was like, it was just a normal turn. He's like, oh, boom, I'm just on the ground. <laughs> Hospital. Hospital. Oh, my gosh. That's so yeah. funny to hear your, like, comparisons of, like, you jumping into his lap. Like, that just shows <laughs> the height discrepancy because you're 6'6". This dude was yeah. legit. A seven footer. How how tall you say? Seven four. Seven four. I have a picture. If I can find it, we'll post it. We'll uh, post yeah, it on yeah. uh, Instagram. Or like, Twitter. yes, people who want to to know right now, look it up because that dude was a monster. There's one of him. He's I mean, like a giant, like gentle this. giant. Yeah, he. There's one of those where he's like that, trying to get the ball, and I'm just like holding him like this, and I'm like at his waist. Yeah, and he's just <laughs> way above me. I'm just like, oh man. <laughs> unique it's cool to have those stories to tell later on when you're no longer in that situation because yeah it's like a monster for real for real yeah um okay so love those questions if you guys have any fun ones just always send them in i even asked a few people if they had questions for john newley so we're willing to take suggestions if you know who we're about to interview that day um but we will get to coach newley in a second but we also want to talk we talk on this podcast about giving a little bit of advice or making situations relatable that you guys experienced that we also experienced hardcore after graduating from college as a student athlete when every moment of your day is planned out and then you graduate and it's not and sometimes you gain some weight sometimes you eat too much um, sometimes you stub your toe and you wake up the first thing out of bed that Stephen wanted to tell the story about like you, just, <laughs> you, lo- you lose a little bit of your athleticism but uh, there were a few other things we wanted to talk about this week real quick yeah um i think one of the big things we kind of we kind of touched base before this was a was a resume so Mm -hmm. you know especially when you're an athlete and you get a chance to play professional you're in a sense you're putting yourself behind the the normal population of hey i'm going you know some people they don't even go to college they go right into a job at 18. some people they go to college and they're done and they are getting a job at 22 23. Some people get their masters and they're going on to those parts of, you know, they're 27, 28, going into, you know, a more difficult uh, job field. But as an athlete, all you've done is like, and I know for me, and I know some people have jobs throughout their, their career as an athlete in high school and in college, 
But for me, it's like it was such a full time thing that I, I never mm-hmm. did any other work. So it's interesting when I got done playing basketball, it's like, you need a resume. And I'm like, okay. I took uh I took those I took those classes in college that told me about my resume and stuff. I I get it, but what the heck do I put on it? Like if I'm not going into something basketball related, then I haven't done anything. <laughs> but you basketball know what I mean? Player. It's, yeah. Yeah. Weird. It's like, okay, so I put I played and then I talked to someone like, Yeah, you have uh you played on this team, you played on this team, you uh did this, you won this many games, you did all this. And I'm like, it's weird to highlight yourself in that way. You're like literally yeah. just building your accolades on a piece of paper to tell people that hey i was committed to this i was successful at this and it was just an interesting learning learning curve for me for sure i I mean obviously you're a lot more professional than i am so you you had it down to a t but yeah way more professional (laughs) but i don't know if you 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 really have no i totally did i we didn't have to be and this is a wonderful blessing that coach newly didn't require us to be on campus for um the summer and doing workouts in the summer. So I got to do an internship at KXLY where I ended up working, you know, several years later during one of the summers. So that was like my, really my only thing. And then I was a sports broadcasting shout out to Julie Scott, love her and her amazing um, system. She has out there, Glenn Mosley, wonderful people out there that helped me in my career. But that was really the only thing that I had like inside the Vandals stuff. And it's so hard to get stuff on your resume. If you're a regular college student too. And I think, you're basically making stuff up like, you know, mowed the lawn for my dad. I don't know if you can put that on a resume. Like the resume was babysit. The resume was super light um, if you played. And then you played overseas too. So that struggle is real. If anyone feels that, we feel that too. But if you are an athlete where we're at now, play that up too. I mean, it's not everything. It's not your only thing that you should talk about. And like, also don't think that you're just going to make it and go to the league. Like NFL guys, NBA guys, like, you can speak to the NBA, the NFL, but it's so hard to make. So like, don't just rely on your athleticism, but when you're in that job market afterward, like play that up, like don't, don't be shy about like, yeah, I was a college athlete, especially if you're division one, division two, division, all that, like you are unique. Yeah. You are unique because of what you handled and job seekers know that you have a crazy amount of mental toughness um, because of that. So that would be my advice to like, don't be afraid to talk about how much that impacted you. And like, yeah, I, I couldn't have a job at that time because I was committed to my craft and also getting an education. Hopefully, hopefully you graduate. Um, that's important mm-hmm. too. If you, if you get a full scholarship really? offer, but yeah, that's a, that's one struggle we had. Anything else on that? No, it's just, it, like you said, it is something where you, you learn a lot. You learn a lot of mental toughness. A lot of like coaches get on you. Strength coaches yeah. get on you. Like, it's a skill to learn to be able to take criticism, constructive criticism, and be able to move forward and be be great at what you're doing, even when you're getting yelled at or you know getting told what to do. Because that's that's what a job is. I mean, you're getting told what to do, and if you're not if you're not able to take it, you're not going to be at that job long. So yeah, if you're an athlete out there, just be proud of what you did and uh, use that to your advantage for real. Yeah. But let's um. And, uh, let's yeah, hop you into talked about it. The mental toughness, uh, that is something we definitely developed while at Idaho. You under Don and me under John Newley. He was, he'll talk about it. He's changed his coaching philosophy a little bit, and we call him out on that a little bit because this generation, the new generation has changed. You got to be a little bit nicer, a little more pats on the back and um, participation trophies. I'm kidding, not that far. But, mm-hmm. yeah, we had we had some times, and uh, we got into all those things, how tough it was, the running days, all that stuff. 
John Newley, big time influence in my life. Great coach at University of Idaho. Let's hear from him. Let's take a second before we get into this interview with John Newley to talk about our sponsor, our one and only sponsor. Shout them out, TheEverydayFan.com, your one-stop shop for all your sporting news. Whether it's the NBA, NFL, or even the EPL League, they have you covered. But they don't stop there. From pop culture to wrestling and entertainment, there's something for everyone. With some of the best writers in the game, come get a fresh perspective from everyday fan like yourself. While you're there, go check out their memorabilia. It's unbelievable. They have things that you guys will for sure want and make your man cave one to envy. That is TheEverydayFan.com. All right. Welcome to the No Bad Shots podcast. John Newley, three-time Big Sky Coach of the Year, two-time WAC Coach of the Year, the best surfer in college basketball that you're going to find, one of my favorite humans of all time, Coach Newley, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, this is awesome. You know, uh, seeing you doing this podcast with Steven, this is great, man. I can't wait. (laughs) We talked about it before recording, but uh, I had said a few times on the podcast before, like, I doubt Coach is going to listen to this. Like, we were deep into the podcast, and little did I know, of course, you were a biggest, like, a huge proponent of me when I was at Idaho, and you listen to our podcasts. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The first time you said that we were driving up to the lake, me and uh, my wife, and we just looked at each other and started cracking up. I go, let's see what Alyssa's going to come out with thinking I'm not listening right now. <laughs> and I just can't believe you wouldn't think I wouldn't listen to the podcast of one of my all-time favorite players. Come on. As soon oh. as I saw it, I go, I'm so listening to that. Let's go. Subscribe. I love it. I love it. So coach, what, I just want to start off first. I know Alyssa was a big time player, but um, how how much did it cost to get her to Idaho? Man, <laughs> you can't even believe the amount of hours and hours and hours of talking to Alyssa to get her to quash her Big Twelve dreams <laughs> and um and come and come to Little Idaho and uh, and make a difference. You know, I definitely uh, thought we were going to lose her to Iowa State without a doubt. But, um, you know, I thought we had a really good connection. She had a really good connection with my associate head coach, Chris uh, Sanford. So um, we just kept hoping, man. I just kept talking and talking. I I probably haven't recruited a player as hard from a a head coaching standpoint as Alyssa. Wow. I didn't know that. Thanks. Uh, Don't don't pump her up. Don't pump her up. No, I have to. You know, I knew if she came – our program was changing and, and I know the second she committed to me, I turned to my assistant coaches and said, we're going to the NCAA tournament. That's guaranteed. Now we got to build around her. And, uh, and it certainly came true and I knew it would. I love it. I'm actually wearing this shirt <laughs> back to back. Nice. Back I love back. it. Good. For those, for those that aren't watching. Hat. I was going to sport that today. <laughs> yes. Next time, next time. We'll yes. just have to have you back on. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime. <laughs> um, yeah. Steven, I saw you laugh a little bit when he said Iowa state, I was recruited by Iowa state. That's not a joke. That was real. <laughs> Cyclones. Yeah, that is for real. Yes. Um, so we are so, so pumped to have you on this show because of all the success you've built at Idaho. Um, before you got there, it was like a, maybe a four win program. You've totally turned it into like the expectation is, make it to the championship. Obviously, you know, two-time WAC coach of the year and three-time Big Sky coach of the year, uh, three conference championships uh, since you've gotten to Idaho. Um, what has been like the biggest part of 
of turning the program around at Mo in Moscow? Like, what's what's been key? Well, the first key was signing you. Uh, that's that was first, and then as Thank we you. came along, really, uh, really, you kind of legitimized our program. You know, top ESPN recruit and you know top ranked in Washington, and I think it opened people's eyes. And I also, I, and I really believe that. I know, you know, like joke around, laugh about, but it's the truth. And uh, you know, we just started getting some really good players. You know, as when those freshmen came in. So your class, you know, Stacy Barr, one of the all-time great Vandals as well. You know, unstoppable when she got going. You know, uh, I know I started calling her the microwave as a freshman because, uh, <laughs> and the microwave was either on or it was really broke. I know that one. But uh, it was gonna, something was gonna happen. But then when we got those freshmen to uh, the SoCalers, Connie and uh, Christina Salvatore, Connie Ballestero and Salvatore, and then Allie Ford, you know, those those three, when combined with the other people that have been in the program and going, just really elevated us to that next level, you know, and I just I just went all in on them. I They were the best class we had recruited um, as a group. And I said, you guys are starting. I gave them free reign to make mistakes. And it was growing pains with those guys, you know, but ultimately it really, really paid off. And then of course, signing the Splash Sisters who came in and had that huge impact as freshmen. Um, and they just kept it going and just, we just keep elevating, you know, uh, the players and their, their, their abilities. And that's what you always want to do is of course, get the next class better than the one you signed before. And we've just done a great job of, of identifying players who can play in the program and the style that I want. And, you know, Krista, my associate head coach is relentless uh, with the texting and the calling. I mean, <laughs> none of this happens without, without Krista. She's awesome and has been by my side, you know, all these years since she played for me in Hawaii and Idaho state and has been coaching with me ever since. So, you know, we have a 20 year relationship. She's like my oldest daughter now, um, <laughs> you know, and, and she just does a fantastic job. And I think that constant, of us and our teamwork here at Idaho State and up here has really made a difference. It, it's yeah. interesting you bring that up because it does get the ball rolling when you get one player like Alyssa. I know we're giving you a lot of love, Alyssa. Just just take it, take it, like how you're going to take it. But um, how things start to fall in line, as you said, like you get one player like her caliber, and then it tends for people to attract to that. And so you're able to, you know, re recruit off of that. And then it just starts to build the program. Like you said, then you get the, the Splash Sisters and then they come in as freshmen. Like, how do you how do you continue? I know you guys, I mean, obviously having a new arena, having the program success, how do you keep how do you just keep it going there? How how does those how do things like that keep continuing to grow? Well, I think, you know, once you do start winning, if you can keep that going, you know, I sell I sell our academics here because I think uh, people don't understand what a great academic institution the university of idaho is uh you know especially compared to the other ones in the state here and and around up here in the northwest so you know the the high academics has always been a key for us um these players coming in are are great students and they continue to do that here you know our gpa is always 3.5 or higher as a team and that's uh that's remarkable to me um but to be able to still uh bring in the talent level that we do i think we sell the winning culture and we really sell our, our family values here. There's a lot of programs that talk about family now. It's like the, the thing to do now. But we were doing this a long time ago because I really do treat our players like I treat my daughters. And I have three daughters and 
you know, that when this thing started for me, my oldest daughter was only uh, two years old when I got this job up here and I was a single dad. And so she was with me uh, a month at a time. And so she was at every practice. She's at every team thing. You know, she's around. And, you know, as that continued on, um, now I have a three-year-old and a two-year-old who are right, you know, just itching to get back in it. You know, COVID really wrecked, wrecked that for us. But I think the players see that when they come over to my house and we have our team dinners and they see, you know, the love in our family and the love that, that I put on our players and that my coaches do, my assistants do. And I just think the culture here is, is so amazing. And I always say, you know, if I can get somebody to come visit us here, we got a great chance of them staying and, and really committing to our program because our players are fantastic people and they do a great job of selling what we have here. And I think as coaches, we just, I just tell them the truth. I tell them, here's the way it is. You're going to get a great education. You're going to win. You're going to have a chance to get in the NCAA tournament. This is what we do here. And and I say, Google it. I'll say, you know, see what we've done here. And they do. I mean, we've been in the championship game six out of the last eight years. You know, I really think we definitely were winning last year when we got shut down, you know, right before the championship game. We were playing our best basketball. We had split with um, Montana State during the year. I just said, we're, I, I never felt more confident going into a championship game um, than uh, I did last year. So I think our expectations are always that high. And I'm real honest with our players when they're here. Uh, we don't play mind games. There's none of that stuff. I don't put up with drama, clicks, all that stuff. They know where they stand. And I think they like that. And they love the style. You know, uh, they just love oh, yeah. the style, man. We we started pumping a lot of threes when I was at Idaho State. <laughs> you know, I took over uh, the Mike D'Antoni seven seconds or less. Yes. That book, that book had a huge influence on, on me as a head coach. Uh, my number one influence is that book. And I really took it to heart and I've really modeled our system after that. And then when uh, when Curry and Thompson started their thing and I had Mike and Taylor, um, I definitely was able to tailor, you know, a lot of our, our offense to that. Um, you know, I'm a huge NBA fan, huge NBA fan. And, and the DVR is the best invention that's ever been built. So <laughs> I sit there at night and I get the NBA package and I record stuff on my phone, plays that I like, and then I'll take them to practice and I'll try to try to say, okay, so, you know, when we add Mike and Tay, it was easy because there's Curry, there's Thompson. Who's going to be my dream on green? You know, Jerry McCorkle <laughs> filled that, filled that role for me. You know, who's going to be my bogut? Who's going to be that, you know, and I'll see if I can slot players in and do that. And then I see these plays and I, it's like my laboratory down there and we mix and match and then we do it. And I know you guys were talking last week about the amount of plays that, that Berlin had and he had a ton, <laughs> but let me tell you last year we had 160 plays. Ooh. So, <laughs> You know, is that like, we have about that many? I know we had a lot when we when you were here, we probably had 120. Okay, so, something like that 120 to 130. We've just been added, but they're all they're all kind of offshoots now of of sets and different, you know, looks. Mm. So out of our horn set, you know, I might have 20 plays out of that out of our thunder set, you know, when I got another some out of that. And then so they're all lumped in it and and um so i think e easy to remember i mean our players are, are remembering them yeah um and we don't we're we got a little more free flow we went to where like when you were here Alyssa, 
We had a lot more sets, a lot more plays, a lot more plays with the Splash Sisters. And then the last couple of years, I've really gone to the positionless basketball and the five out stuff that D'Antoni was running with the Rockets. And I stole that from, from him and from uh, Billy Donovan from the Thunder. So that's what I call my Thunder set. You know, I'm looking at some of his clinics and the stuff he put in. Um, it's, uh, it's kind of a mixture of both, you know, I've mixed with both. And I steal, you know, the whole term death lineup from Kerr when I put Beyonce at the five and take out our, you know, Nat- Natalie Klinker, you know, or uh, Nina Carlson, and I don't have a real five. Well, then uh, Beyonce becomes that that person and and she brings the ball up and then we run stuff like that. So kind of a mixture of all that stuff that I just keep looking at. And uh, something comes to me and I'll, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and go, yeah, I'm doing we're doing that tomorrow. And I'll put the note in the phone and off we go. Oh my gosh, nothing surprises me more than you like waking up in the middle of the night being like, oh yeah, this one, like write it down <laughs> and we're running it the next day at practice. I remember you put in a play called Warrior at practice and I was like, we were going through it and I was like, I swear I saw the Warriors run this like two nights ago. Like I knew exactly, <laughs> like that's where I got it. Like, and it's it's cool that you also have like grabbed from Mike D'Antoni and like that, that style and it is really appealing to play in that. And from a player like me, um, who has never been accused of playing defense? It was a lot of fun because you you get to play in this freestyle, and it was it was so much fun. And also shout out to Krista Brosman, but Sanford, Krista Sanford, we call her Bros. She is incredible. Still one of my like closest friends, as you are. Um, so special, both of you guys are to me. I am curious, and this is something that's like on the men's side and the women's side. The recruiting has changed because the players have changed, and. Like Stephen and I will joke around about it being like players getting softer. That's not the case, but there is more of like a mental aspect to like mental health. Like even I was listening to Mark Few kind of talk to Adam Morrison about it. Like you have to treat players a little bit differently now because that's just the way the game is going. And you have been someone who has adapted to that really well because you know you were really tough on uh, on us like early on. Excuse me. Whoa, voice crack. Early <laughs> on, um, and like it made us better because we responded well to it. And then you kind of figured out like players after that may not respond the same way. So like, where did you start adapting to that? Cause that's tough as like a coach that's been coaching for, for a really long time successfully to be like open to changing your recruiting style and your coaching style. Yeah, it, there's no doubt. There's a definite huge shift in, uh, in the players and the, the type of players that are coming out now. Certainly uh, I see it in the last five years, but in the last 10 years, for sure. And, you know, I saw really after the first couple of years of being here at Idaho, because as Krista will tell you, play for me at Idaho State. Um, it, it was tough. You know, I was, I was pretty hard nosed and, and getting after people pretty good. And and back then you could, you know, and they would just kind of take it. And, you know, now uh, the players are changing. Um, I think a lot has to do because of the club ball and the mm-hmm. way the club ball is if they don't like it, they change clubs. If they don't like that club, then their their parents uh, make up their own club for their kid and get their discontented friends to play on it. <laughs> and so <laughs> then when they get to college, they just think, hey, well, if I don't like it here, I'll go somewhere else. You know, and I, and I think so you're always dealing with that kind of mentality at times, you know, but I think we do a great job here of, of really researching. And this is what I really believe is. It starts with the players' parents that we recruit. And I really do, we dive deep into their family life, 
what they're like um, when I watch them play on the club circuit, how they're treating their coach, their officials, uh, their teammates, their parents in the stands after games when they see them. You know, we, we do, a, a, I, I'm really watching that stuff um, and really mindful of that and not bringing in somebody that already has an attitude, no matter, no matter their skill level, because I know they're just going to wreck our culture. And, you know, it only really takes one to come in here and that can really screw your team culture wise if enough people get on her bandwagon. So um, mm -hmm. I think we're doing a good job with that. But I have had to uh, to adapt those those ways. And, uh, you know, the running uh, punishment, as, as everyone would uh. say, I really went more. <laughs> I really went away, too, from the from the lines and the Las Vegas's, as you remember, the Vegas, I'm sure. And they'll lock the balls up, put the balls but, away. To lock the ball. <laughs> that's uh, that's only like been once in the last two years. I think we've done that. Maybe okay. and had to run some, and it certainly wasn't as bad as when we were doing it with you. <laughs> but you know, your your guys were probably the last class that could really take it. Really, I think the from Ali Ford's class back. So Salvatore, uh, Connie, Carly Wilson, you know, mm. Renee, you, Stacy. You guys were old school. You could take. The, the old John Newley from Idaho State and, and and younger Idaho days and really take that and thrive under that. But now, uh, as they say, I've become the kinder, gentler John Newley now. And, uh, and I just do it a little different way. And, uh, you know, there's a lot more pats on the back and a lot more patience and, and tolerance for, for mistakes as they made. I mean, basketball is a game of mistakes. And I think the longer I've I've coached, I've, I've certainly become much more patient with that and learned that, you know, they have to have a longer rope, um, especially the freshmen. And I learned that with those freshmen class when they came in and letting them just go and grow with it. And, you know, I got to look big picture now. And that's, I think I look more big picture now than I ever have. Both ways work. Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> did you, um, did you guys ever, did you ever kick them out of practice? Was that the old John Newley? Did, did that ever happen? That's yes. That was, most of the old John Newley, yes, that happened. That happened on several occasions. <laughs> yes, never um, because of me, right? It, not, not because of Alyssa. <laughs> I didn't say that, but uh, no, we yes, that has happened, and it's it's happened here on occasion. Yeah, rarely. Um, I'm getting a little smarter, Stephen, now because I figured out. Well, I, I kick him out, and then I'm like, but we needed to go over this stuff today. <laughs> you know, now I just lost the day. You know, making a yeah. point. So I pick and choose that move. <laughs> well, yeah. Rarely now, because uh, I got yeah. done, man. Our our time, as you well know, both of you with these facilities here, are. Jeez. I mean, you better Sorry. be on point with your time, and you're in, you're out. There's no going overtimes. There's no starting early. It's what it is, and you know that's mm. where the arena is going to be humongous for us and a game changer, because now we'll have access twenty four seven, and that that. This point is now going to be moot, having to worry about going over to Mem Gym. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I also had one more thing. When you're talking about the culture and everything with the, these young kids, talk to a little bit about the social media aspect. Because when I got to mm -hmm. Idaho, Verlin was, he literally had no idea what Twitter, any of that thing was. Told us, like, don't even go on it. Don't even waste your time. And now all every coach has Twitter. Every coach is on that. Like, it's just like you, it's something you have to have. Talk a little bit about your your journey with social media and then also how it's affecting these young kids coming out of high school and how it it's making their mental and 
like the way they uh, shape themselves, like a big part of their game. Absolutely. You know what? That, that's a great point, Steve. And you are, you hit the nail right on the head. This uh, social media stuff, it, it's amazing. You know, the influence it has on these kids coming out in that age range and, and when they're here, um, you know, I've had to get myself versed in it because, you know, I wasn't as dinosaur as, as V probably, but no. you know, having <laughs> little kids, you know, having little kids and then, you know, Bailey getting older, my oldest now is about to turn 16 that I knew I was on it, you know, of course, old school with the, the Facebook. And then all of a sudden I'm seeing this, the whole Instagram and Snapchat and, you know, it's like, Bailey, what, Bailey, what are you doing? You know, what, what is that? But she was really into it, um, got into it. And uh, Kara, my wife, really uh, uh, got is into it. And so, you know, I was like, I got to see what's going on. So then I, I put a coach strictly in charge of social media for the recruits and our team. So basically part of their job is they're patrolling it. For, certainly for our team, they're patrolling it to make sure there's nothing that needs, should be out there you know that yeah. needs to be out there and, and we talk to our team every year about what should or shouldn't be on social media and how it can follow you the rest of your life and it can prevent you from getting jobs and it can really come back and get you uh if you're not mindful of what you're putting on there you know so that's what we talk to them about for the uh, for the recruits coming up we just like to see kind of what they're doing and it kind of goes you know to their character kind of that background check we do with the families you know, we're background checking on the social media and seeing what kind of things that they actually are putting on there right now. And <laughs> there was just an incident. I, I won't name the school, but man, if you could see what's on this team in our league, what's on the social media of some recruits that they are just signed, my jaw dropped. Like I went, are you kidding me right now? It's like that. Yeah. And I'm like, but you know what? I'm <laughs> Clearly, we're not lowering our standards and going to that gutter level that these people are of people that are signing, if they do a little background, man, it's, it's embarrassing to me that people in our profession would stoop so low to, to do some of that stuff, to sign people that if they just do a little research, but teach their own, man, you know, to each their own. There's <laughs> exactly. And we're, where we're at, but yeah, I think it just shapes these kids lives too much. Um, you know, how many likes do they get? Um, how mm. many followers do they have? You know, I think it really affects their self-worth and I, and I hate that for them. I, you know, I always tell them, you, you, my daughters, your self-worth isn't contingent on how many followers you have or how many people like a picture that you put on. And, and it's just it's just sad to me that that there are people whose, you know, whole self-worth is involved in social media because I just think it's wrong. And I think it has led to the increased suicide rate, the depression rate, uh, no doubt in my mind, huge influence. Yeah. Wow. Good, great points, too. Like. Amen to all of that. We need parents being aware of that because I think a lot of parents are just like, oh, I don't want to mess with that because I don't I don't get it. But it can be so detrimental um, for kids and especially girls growing up because the pressure on there to look a certain way. And like you said, recruiting wise, it can make you be like, OK, well, this person is who we thought she was. She We want to recruit her or hard no, red flag, get away. Like, don't go yep. toward this person because people can be totally different on social media. So. Right. It's like a different way to get to know someone. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, like memories and just what ones kind of stand out to you. Um, just from when I when I was playing, there are a few that stand out, some funny ones, some uh, scary ones for me, um, making mistakes. But 
the the fact that you really thought I had a hearing problem early on. And I, I heard that Drew Ruckelhouse, our trainer at the time, was supposed to give me hearing tests or something to figure out if I actually had a hearing problem. I, I thought for sure you did. Like I'm talking to you and it's like nothing. You're, you know, I'm right there, I'm yelling, yelling at you and you're not even turning around. You're not, I did, I go, that's it. She needs to get checked, man. There's something wrong with that girl's hearing. She is not hearing me. Now, I've only done that to two players, you and, a, and an unnamed player that was just on my squad. And I have them checked too, because I'm like, I know you can hear me. So I don't know what's going through your head, but I was dead serious. Obviously, I went and had you got your hearing checked. Yep. And lo and behold, hmm, great hearing. Okay. Just wasn't uh, listening. Selective hearing. Yes, I hear. That. I, I see how it's going now. Yes, that was, the stomping. Uh, the stomping is what I needed to get. Like <laughs> that was when we were in games. It was like you'd like stomp on the floor to like act. <laughs> so frustrated because you're like Alyssa. Yes, I, I could have blown my ACL trying to get your attention. I know that. Imagine that. That would be hilarious. Um, the other one was um, it's my sophomore year. Jess Graham and I were on the court at the end. Of, I think it was Corbin. We were playing Corbin and it was way closer than it should have been. It was like a last minute thing. We were up, but we needed to run a play to like hold on to the ball and like not lose it. And Jess gives me like this like side glance, like you you drew up a play and I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. Go one way. And Jess was like, but this way's open right before. <laughs> <laughs> Go this way. And of course I did it and I shouldn't have. And you were not happy because we nearly turned the ball over at the end of the game and like gave Corbin a chance. I don't know if you remember that, but it was in Mem Gym. Uh, oh yeah, uh, I, I remember because the thought of losing to Corbin. Oh man, might have just sent me spinning off a cliff. I would never have got back up. <laughs> so I was like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" I know, you know. Yes, sometimes the players think they know best. Of course, I mean, I know you always think you know best. But it's nice when you actually run the play that we've been practicing and do that. That's that is one thing I learned well in in my early career of head coaching that trying to draw up a play at the end is never a good thing if you've never practiced it. Mm -hmm. You know that that became my philosophy. I, I became I had like what I call my special teams, and I and I have my special teams players, and pretty much as you know, Alyssa, at the end of both, at least three times a week. We'd go over sideline, sideline, just get it in, sideline to score, sideline to get a three, baseline to get it in, baseline to get a three. Um, and there were plays that I would get, honestly, mostly from the NBA, from some college games maybe I saw. And we'd practice those plays, same person taking it out, you're going to shoot it, you're going to screen. So everybody knew, and there was no panic going on, when there's five seconds left and we're down one. You know, yeah. we knew what we were going to do and, and I could, we could run it even without timeouts because, you know, I would name all the sideline plays off the NBA teams and the cities they were from the out of bounds plays underneath were all mm -hmm. the nicknames of the teams of, of the NBA teams. So we had the cities and then the nicknames. I don't know if the players ever figured out, but I knew it because it was Until like, just now, this is, what, this is the way it's going to be. So I knew in my mind, this is what it is. This is the play is where it's going to be. And so I could just yell Miami, you know, if I was like Miami, Miami, and every player knew exactly where to go without, mm -hmm. in the middle. no, you take it out. No, you got to, and all of a sudden, boom, we're, we're hosed. 
So yeah, um, yeah I, I remember that, and because you didn't run the play, and I was like, okay, <laughs> we've run it. Now we're going to lose to Corbin, and <laughs> we're going to have to cut Alyssa Charleston. Wow, <laughs> this sucks. Pack your bag, Liz. <laughs> that was Did so funny. Yeah, we learned. Did we learned a lot after that. <laughs> I, me, I learned a lot. Do you kind of expand though on when you have a star player like Alyssa, where you you have structure, but then you also have you gave a lot of freedom to these players? Can you kind of talk about that? Because some people they want the freedom right away as a freshman, or they they don't understand that you know trust is built over time, definitely. And I obviously work with younger guys too, and it's um it's it's becoming like more of an issue now. Where it's like they want the gratification right away, they want to be the man right away. And you just have to build that trust. If you can like elaborate a little bit more on that. Yeah, there, there's no question. And again, I'll, you know, I feel like I'm blaming club ball for a lot of stuff, but um, you know, I think that happens um, there. And I think that's where that mindset begins that when they get here, they're the man and that's it. Cause they've always been the man, you know, so to speak, but um, you know, trust is earned over time and it may be earned over the time of the course of their freshman season, or it may be a couple of years before, Hey, you know, you, you, I trust you to bring them, even just bringing the ball in, in a pressure situation of yeah, you're real. the passer, you know, and it's funny. I was just talking to one of our seniors, you know, Allie Kirby goes, yes, I finally could take the ball back in again this year. Cause <laughs> when I was a sophomore, you said, that's it. You're never taking the ball out again. Don't even think about it. And I got to that. Yeah. And she goes, yeah, me too. And now I got to take it in, in the, in the, in the clutch. I'm like, yeah, see, you've grown. You got your trust, my trust back. Yeah. yeah you know, and that's uh that's what you do um, over time. And I think I slowly like to run stuff in practice, knowing that, you know, transport the shooter who would normally be in the game into that spot in a practice to see how they react to that first. And then maybe in games that aren't tight or as close, maybe we were going to run it, see how it goes in some live action. But really the trust is developed for me on a daily basis of the way they perform in practice, how they handle things, and do I think that can translate into a, the basketball game itself? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and given that uh, offensive freedom, I think I'm really good the last five years of defining roles on our team. And our players know who should be getting the shots, when they should be getting those shots, and when certainly I really want them to be taking the shots without having to take a timeout just because of the play I'm running. You know, I'll have a whole list of Beyonce B plays. I want, if we need a three from her, a two from her, time score, this is it. Gina's got a list. You know, the two players I trust the most, most with the basketball. At the end of the season, I had my Sid Gandy list. I had my Paris list for my freshman. And it really worked out good when I was down to those eight players and then Beyonce isn't playing. And Gina's not playing, you know, down like that senior night game, which is, still gives me chills to think about that game and what we did this year under the adversity we were in. But I literally made up a chart. You know, I have a, a sheet of paper. Like, I don't have 8 million cards. Uh, that would be a <laughs> binder for me, believe me. No, that's not going to work. So I have it all on this piece of paper. But I had I had up in this corner Paris's plays. You know, and then I had Sid's plays. And then Nina's plays. And what I'm doing for, for Haley and... If, if this is what I need, and I, I'm real big on mismatches. So when I see, and I'll run false stuff to get to the mismatch. Oh. And I know uh, yeah. 
you know, you guys ran a lot of fall stuff, Steve, and watching you guys practice and doing that stuff to get yeah. to what you were doing. Yeah. And that's something that I really added to our game of running something. And then, and we started calling it uh, camo, camouflage action. So I'd say, you know, camo, horns, 43, dribble. And it was the end. So we did yeah. the, the camo and the horns, but really we're running our other stuff out of our thunder action. Yeah. Um, so it, it's like, and I got this from, uh, I went down and picked uh, Paul Petrino's brain on, on how they call plays and how they fool teams who know the play calls. Because, you know, there's always some assistant on the other team for us crouched out in front of the bench, staring at me the whole game, wanting to know what the play call is. Doing you one know, of those. Oh, I got yeah. it, I got it, I got it. And yeah. I love the yeah. second time we play them because I'm like, they, they never get it the first time. There's too many, right? There's too many. Yeah. But then they listen to the tape and they're taking notes and all that. So then the second game, I do the camo and it's hilarious, man. It it's, it's <laughs> it just messes with their mind. I la literally laugh out loud during games sometimes because I know they're so frustrated down there and I'm just <laughs> laughing at it. But I'm sorry, I, love that. I, I digress from the point of, of the trust, but the, the trust is built up in practice. And, and now I have my go-to players in the clutch and they're just ranked. If you're, if they fouled out, then I'm going to player B. If they're right. out, I'm going to player C. Or if indeed I have that big mismatch I want, then that person's gonna, gonna get that freedom to go and do what they want. You know, um, uh, I would say on our team, Gina and Beyonce, Gina doesn't take advantage of it as much of the freedom she has. Um, Beyonce certainly <laughs> has the green light to do whatever she wants, um, you know, at that mo most of the time. Uh, Michaela Ferenz had that had that light. Um, Taylor Pierce had the, the shooting light. And they know it. They know it from me. It's clear. And I think that trust goes both ways. And at the end of the year, Sid Gandy had had that. And, and she's going to have that green light. And I don't she probably doesn't listen to your podcast. I don't know. But it's something <laughs> I've talked to extensively with her that she needs to get and do that and be in that mix, you know, be, be the answer. You know, I really, I like in her game to Allen Iverson's and when I was recruiting her and she doesn't even know it. You know, I could call her the answer. Love that. And uh, awesome. I go, Hey, when the answer gets here, she needs to get to it. And I, I've told her that now, you know, so I think the players like having that freedom. There's a lot of freedom in it. And I know Steven, you think we ran a lot of dribble, dribble weave <laughs> and Alyssa, thank you for correcting him that it was shark it was structured but um, a lot of that is just to get to that flip to get that switch to then yeah. you know, get where i want to get to exactly i love that i think this is such like for people who are into basketball and into like the logistics like this is so cool to hear you go through some of this stuff and like the camo and like you went and talked to Paul Petrino. Cause when you said that first play, I was like, Holy cow, that sounds like a play at the line, like, you know, quarterback making reads. And it's so cool to kind of see, obviously it was, at, there was complication when I played too, but to see it kind of like develop is, is so, so interesting to me. I am curious because we've talked about me a lot. I want to know what your take and what you remember from Steven's game. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> if you remember, I know it was like 35 years ago. It was, long, uh, but, uh, it was a long time ago for you guys, both of you, I know. Um, oh, no, I, I remember Stephen. Well, okay, first, the first thing I remember every time I would see him at first when I first got this job was the fact that his sister didn't want to play for me. Oh, okay. that, yeah. that was, <laughs> one, so, that yeah, was okay. not it. Okay, thanks. Katie. She would have been lucky. She would have been lucky to have you. She would have been lucky to have you, for sure. John Newley, <laughs> June Doherty. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. Right. I was like, I get it. All right, Pac-12. But okay. she's a baller. Yeah. But that was like, oh, 
because I thought, because I knew her game, obviously, you know, we had played these guys. Yeah. And so when I was at Idaho State and I was like, oh, this is going to be good. I mean, I'll have something when I get there, even though they, you know, are bad, 4 and 25. And then, yeah. boom, she was gone. So that's always <laughs> when I see Stephen here's name, I always go right to the sister first. But I'm over it now, Steve. It's good. Stay <laughs> peaceful. Um, hey, she was a hard worker. She would have worked with you well. She would have worked yeah. with you well, for uh, sure. Yeah, for she, sure. she would have. She, awesome. she would have done great here, for sure. I mean, she had a great career as it was. The situation she, was she just a little different. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't need me to be great. But, <laughs> no. You know, for you, you know, I remember I, I heard the hype when you were when you came in. You know, hey, this guy can really do all this stuff. And and I thought you were kind of thin uh, coming in. Yeah. You know, just thin. I go, okay. What's he going to play? You know, what's he going to play? And um, what I what I really liked about your game, Stephen, watching you the four years is, and this is something I always want for my players, and especially the ones that I think are going to be key, is what is their growth from the freshman year to the sophomore year? Like, mm -hmm. that, where is that growth right now, and how much effort and time away from practice are they going to put into their game in the weight room and off, the, you know, not off our floor and on their own, in their own practice time? Um, and I thought when I saw you come back, I thought, ooh, that kid got a lot better. That kid got a lot better. I thought you were jumping higher. I thought you were quicker. I thought your shot release was quicker because I thought that slowed you down as a freshman. Uh, I thought your release needed to be quicker. Because, you know, time and space from high school to here, it's crazy. It's crazy. just crazy. Um, and that's the one thing I think players don't get um, initially. And how quick freshmen adapt to time and space really tells a lot about how their freshman year is going to go. Unless they're just a total, you know, killer beast yeah. and they're, they're going to get it done. Yeah. But then um, the versatility in your game, you know, I thought, oh, did they bring, her in, bring him in just to be a shooter? Is he just a shooter? You know, no. And then I thought, no, he's a scorer. And I love yeah. the way that you could score around the hoop undersized. And as you got stronger, it just, you just got better and better at that. Yeah. I'd be amazed some of the shots that you'd make. I'd go, right? how did, one, how you even got it off. And then two, how it went in. I was like, <laughs> holy crap. You know, and, and honestly, it's something that, I've talked a lot with Beyonce about that part of her game, of really making that a bigger part of her game and being able to do that, take a bunch of hits, still finish at odd angles, and and be able to do that. And again, you know, I really liked what you said, uh, Stephen, I think it was last week about, hey, I knew at the end of a game, if I wasn't getting touches and people were making comebacks, or this game's going south, that I'd get pissed and it'd be like, give me the ball. Yeah. And I love that attitude and i think mm. it was what made Alyssa great it's what made salvatore when she was here great stacy barr great and yeah. mike great michaela great those mm -hmm. great players are, have that attitude they have that attitude right there is this is going south give me the damn ball i'm gonna score or i'm getting fouled and yeah. i can tell you right now beyonce and gina both have to have that attitude for me because that's something we missed last year and I didn't have that person that would step up and and actually be like that and really say to their player, their teammates, give me the damn ball. And I love it. And our success, a lot of our success, because I had players like you that had that attitude like I just named. You know, hey, Carly Wilson, all five foot two of her, was like that. <laughs> give me the damn ball. I don't care. Yes. If I can't get it done. I'll get it done. You know, it's fantastic. 
Yeah. Oh, shout out to Carly Wilson. Love her. Yeah. But that is, that is so true. Steven, you had that killer mindset and he talked about falling in love with the weight room. You just could and loving contact that uh, got a little creepy when he was like craving contact. <laughs> no, I use it to my advantage. <laughs> you did. You did. <laughs> I use it to my advantage. You know, you can, when you start to feel people and kind of like Nui said, like I came in as a 190 pound, like th two, three man. Like I was trying to be a two man. All I did was dunk and shoot threes in high school. Mm -hmm. And I just realized I want to get the easiest baskets I possibly can. I know going to get into the line is going to give us easy baskets at the same time. And it was just something I developed over time, especially. And that's what I talk to a lot of guys now about is even if you're undersized, there's still ways to get the shot fakes, your footwork around the rim to take advantage of these bigger guys. It's all about getting them off balance and uh, using that to your advantage. Right. Hey, without it. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and you got to have that mentality. You know, of course, you know, it's been blown up now with Kobe's death. But, you know, listen, you know, I've always been. Mm -hmm. Kobe's always been my favorite player growing up in Southern California with the Lakers and, you know, the Lakers have always been my team. Um, and Kobe in particular, once he got, you know, to be a Laker and, and uh, got into his prime and all that stuff. And of course I'm always a big showtime lover with magic and, and the worthy one and, and all those guys, mm -hmm. Byron Scott, and those guys, but Kareem, but when, when Kobe really took over and became the, the man with the Lakers and what he did, um, you know, I gave team two years ago, the book that the mama mentality book, that big book with that has all the pictures. I got everybody a copy. I made them read it. We went over it. I said, you got to, this is a mindset, you know, mm -hmm. um, of how it needs to be this mama mentality. And my freshmen are really on it. They're Southern California kids. They're Laker fans too, which is great. And they've really bought into it. Taylor was really into that. Um, and getting that, that mentality is, as you know, you know, on my on my office wall, my wife gave me a signed Kobe autographed jersey. You know, and that's oh, when nice. uh, that's when care. I knew that I was I had married the right woman. <laughs> oh man, that's Look awesome! That. Oh, it's so freaking cool. Yeah, Kara, you are the MVP. <laughs> yes, and there's Unreal. the book. I don't know if that's showing up, but yeah. yeah, yep. So you know, I got it on I got it on the little table in my office, man. I still I'll still thumb through that thing and and bring through it and uh you know there's there's a lot of wisdom in there um but uh you know again like i said i'll i'll you know i'm a basketball coach we steal from the greats we we steal our stuff and and you know put it all together and see how it comes out in the oven man yeah i think one of the the player that really stands out to me and it was something that you and i had to work on a lot for me to get to that mentality and i don't even know if i ever got too where I could be, you know, like later on, I think it took some years and some growth because I was like the, I don't want to be the person to, you know, step on toes and make people think that I was superior. And that was like that humble mindset. But the Stacy Barr totally had that moment mentality the second she walked in the door. And it was something that was like frustrating sometimes for us. Like once, once we got junior, senior year, but like you look back on that and there's no way we win those WAC championships without Stacy and her mentality. And like, it just, it's fascinating how some players, have it but you also built that in me like you believed in me before i even did and i still talk about that whenever i talk to someone about who, who i am today the leader i am today uh the confidence i have today it's a hundred percent it started in moscow idaho with you believing in me and empowering me before i even knew what i could be so like how do you go about doing that and how do you kind of choose which players how do you figure out which players you can do that with Right. Yeah, you're right. Cause you can't do that with everybody. It's not, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of want to see, you know, their skill set on the floor, you know, and, and is it going to be possible 
you know, what you can do. And like, uh, like a player like you was perfect for it. Cause you were long, you know, you, you could score around either hand around the basket, but you could shoot the three, you ran the floor, you had mid range game, you had it all. You just didn't know you had it all. And, and I think, you know, I have, you know, Beyonce until is, is a good example of that for us here. I think Michaela coming in at first didn't understand it. You know, even a Christina Salvador, I think, you know, I had to really do that with her, with all of her skill set. Um, you know, I think you see it and are they open to that and do they want it? You know, so I'll just kind of try things, ask questions, have talks like me and you had a lot of talks about, look, this is what I see in you. Do you want to be this person or not? If you don't want it, then we're not going to waste time trying to develop it. But when I ask that question, do you want to be this player? Is this a goal of yours? Is this something you see yourself being? If that answer is yes, then I'm all in. And then I'm giving you stuff to read. And I'm giving you, pulling on my experience with other players, like this kid was a great example at Idaho State, this girl named Natalie Doma, who Mm -hmm. a 6'3 kid I got out of Canada, who was lightly recruited, honestly. I mean, UW did recruit her some, but um, you know, whatever, 10 schools, we got, I got her down there because I had good Canadian connections at that point. Um, but she comes in as a 6'3 kid around the basket, kind of raw, but could run, turned into this, the Big Sky, the all-time leading rebounder and scorer in Big Sky history. Wow. In Big Sky history by the time she left. Now, Michaela topped her scoring-wise by the time she left. Yes. It's crazy to me. So I was fortunate enough to coach a post player who was the all-time leading scorer in, in Big Sky history, and then a guard who became the all-time leading scorer. But, you know, by the end, Natalie's shooting threes. She's taking these running hooks, you know, and because <laughs> she knew I was good with it. And she was yeah. that player like, give me the effing ball uh, in, in games. And there was no stopping her. It was like, give Alyssa the ball. Let's go. But you got to want it. And it's a yeah. slower process. It can be a quick process. Like you said, because I, I believe you. Stay, when Stacey Barr showed up here, it was full on. <laughs> Give me the ball. The great Stacey <laughs> Barr is here. And get out of my way. Uh, you know, I was I from wherever. That, I saw that down there, man. And I was like, yep, that's her. So, yeah. that definitely her. Um, and people fed off that. And you're right. The, the way she elevated her game in the WAC tournament, tournaments was unbelievable. 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 Like, literally unbelievable, even for yeah. those of us who had seen her do that kind of stuff in practice. Just get mm-hmm. pissed off in practice sometime and then just go, hey, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of playing. <laughs> Honestly, you can almost see in her mind. I'm tired of these clowns. The circuit is over. <laughs> Give me the ball. Let me get this done. And then I'm going home. This is over. <laughs> yeah. That's her. Uh, I respected it so much. I respected yeah. it a lot later, like more so than in, in the moment. And it's, yeah, it's just, yeah, for sure. she's so unique. Well, that, Steven, that personality can rub people the wrong way. And it, and ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, it did. It did. And it cost us, I think, uh, for a year. Um, certainly it did. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not understanding. I think some of the teammates not understanding, you know, quite what, what she brought us in the big picture. And again, there's the big yeah. picture. And again, like, like me, you know, I got to treat people different. And um, that's one thing, like, you know, like I always tell our players when they get here, on that meeting on Sunday at my house before, you know, everything starts is I'm not going to coach you all the same because you're all not the same person. So don't worry about the way I coach Susie over here and the way I'm coaching Jane over here, because those things don't correlate to you. Yeah, You better worry about how I'm coaching you 
and how I'm motivating you and how I'm getting the most out of your potential and not how I'm getting the most out of Alyssa. Because, you know, yeah, I'm spending more time with you and developing your, your mental game and some other stuff that I know you're capable of doing. Whereas maybe this player, she's a three point shooter. That's what she is. And in my system, that's what she's going to do. So I'm not practicing runners and floaters and all that mm-hmm. stuff because I don't want her taking the ball to the basket. <laughs> bad things are happening. So <laughs> know how to come off a pick, know how to shoot the ball coming off a pick with, with or without the ball and play me some defense, please. And you're going to get minutes. But you know mm-hmm. what? This player is going to do a lot more things and either live with it or there's the door. See you later. There's 25 people calling me daily wanting to be a vandal. So there you go. <laughs> Very Only the strong survive. Oh, Only the boy. strong survive. <laughs> I wish I had a dollar for uh, every Words time to live that because and, and that has been a constant. <laughs> That's awesome. My time at Idaho State all the way through and i know y'all you guys are like here it comes because here it comes we had somebody leave it'd be like whatever man only the strong survive ready <laughs> handles, let's go <laughs> yeah. The next. yeah you weed out the ones that aren't willing to be there and it, exactly. it totally worked yep. i'll always remember that well <laughs> i have a uh, one more question for you coach um so obviously you probably get asked this a lot you've had so much success at idaho you've been there for a while what has not drawn you to leave the University of Idaho for a bigger, better job? Well, I think um, one is is what we've developed here in the program and not really wanting to start over at the rock bottom like I did at Idaho State and mm-hmm. here, you know, to build up yeah. the programs to the NCAs like I did at both places. I think, um, you know, um, there certainly has been offers uh, come my way um and i'm starting to get a few more now um i think the arena is great and i've been waiting for that to take place which i think is going to be a game changer for us but you know moscow is a great place to raise a family and and as a single dad when i was here with bailey i had a lot of support not only from my assistant coaches but but from the department here um you know shout out to rob spear who you know totally allowed me to be a single dad it's the reason a lot of people don't understand why i left idaho state you know, an NCAA team, a 20-win team loaded with all those players coming back. And they went to the NCAA tournament again with my players in 2012. But um, they weren't going to allow me to have Bailey, my daughter, who was then one and a half at the time, on uh, to travel on university vehicles. Well, I had a university car. I mean, we're riding on the bus. We're, we're doing it. And they uh, new AD came in, new president. And they said, sorry. And I go, I'm a single dad for a month at a time. She's with me all the time. She has to be, and they said no exceptions. And I said, then I'm getting another job. And honestly, I couldn't leave the state of Idaho because my custody would have got sent back where my ex-wife went to Louisiana. So I literally thought, I'm going to be working at 7-Eleven in Pocatello, maybe, (laughs) because I'm not giving up custody of my daughter. That was not my priority. And at the same time that it happened, uh, Devilbus got fired here. This job opened up. One of my ADs that had been previously at Idaho State that was cool with me and Bailey um, was then an assistant AD. I think at then he was San Diego State. He's the head. He's the head at UTEP now. Head AD at UTEP. Best AD ever. Uh, I can tell you that a guy named Jim Center got a mm. hold of Rob and said, "Hey, John Newley needs a job. Is not happy. Um, you can get him. I think you can get him." And man, it was like, you know, honestly, prayers answered. 
prayers answered. I came up here. Krista was from Pullman and I had recruited her out of Pullman High. You know, loved the Palouse. I hadn't really known the Palouse, honestly, besides coming up here once for a game. Yeah. Came in, go, I'm in. I'm in. And it was a done deal on my little interview, as they call it. I came up and it was offered. I took it. And that's how I ended up here. And so, you know, I had a lot of loyalty to people who had done that for me. And, yeah. you know, department was really close and good at that point. And, and you know, the, the town is fantastic for families. You know, you can't live in a safer place. There's really virtually no crime here. Um, great, beautiful campus. Um, yeah. You know, it was all, all, going, all going good. Um, all going good, you know. Um, so that's what's kept me here. Um, you know, there certainly has been a lot more offers the last few years. Now that now that I've kind of shown uh, sustainability here of winning and our culture and how many championships, so um, you know it's interesting. It's let me just say it's interesting when people call now. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, I'm hoping that the uh, the the Idaho Vandals still want me here, and then and they'll show that um, yeah. in the off season is what I'm hoping. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Message delivered. Message sent. I no matter what, your resume speaks for itself. No matter what, and yeah. I didn't know the background of. I know Bailey was so important, and so I mean the big reason why I chose Idaho was I knew you were going to be there for a while. But to see and to hear that Idaho State just didn't quite do enough, and Rob Spear loved to death. I mean, he was a fantastic athletic director when I was there. So um, all the support in the world for him too. But. Idaho would be very smart, very smart to continue to to make that place uh, a place you call home. Um, I did have, I wanted to ask two quick things about the arena. Can you just give us an update on that and like what what you think of it and how much uh, how good it's looking? Oh, I, literally, I was in there a couple weeks ago, maybe three now. Um, it's getting close to getting done, but you can see what it's going to be now. And real quick, I was I was lucky enough to be in on the design of the locker rooms, um, you know, the practice court, all that stuff when it first started with the architects. So I nice. love the fact that Rob got me involved in Verlin, involved in all that of what we wanted and, and what would be great for us in recruiting and the players and, and what we really wanted. So, That's you know, awesome. love the fact that I was involved in that. And now to see it all come to fruition as it is, like I got chills in there. It's it's like like nothing you've ever seen and I've been in a lot of arenas. I've been in a lot of new arenas. It is the shape that the design and just how great, how intimate it's going to be and how loud it will be. If the students will please students start coming out to our games, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, such a huge game changer for us because the one thing I've always lacked here when going up against bigger programs, so to speak, is facilities and they throw it in my face. We have an arena. You're playing in a hundred-year-old gym over there, or a or a football stadium converted, you know. And I heard, you know, I know we were getting, re, you know, recruited on like that, but yeah. I, I had no answer. I, it is. Oh, it's yeah. like Hoosiers in Mem Gym. Okay, yeah, <laughs> it was like Hoosiers. Okay, hey, Classic. that was really cool when they curtain it off. It's like the it's like the Carrier Dome, you know. It's all curtained off. Yeah. You, gotta, you gotta make stuff up to make it look better. And again, we we did a good job, and we did the best we could. But yeah. now. And the fact that those players will be able to go in and work on their own game 24-7 is people don't understand. That is the biggest, I think, thing that's going to help us besides the recruiting, those two things. And the fact that we now can practice whenever we want, 
when the classes make it good, we don't have to go at weird odd times and it's just going to make life easier all the way around. It's, That's it's awesome. unbelievable how great that arena is going to be. Hey, I'll oh, tell you I this. I was told uh, like my sophomore year that it was going to be built in two years or when I was getting recruited. So, hey, it's Amen, finally done. Brother. It's done. Amen, brother. It's done. <laughs> it's done. Man, I'm so excited. Oh, Cannot wait to see. Yeah, and everyone's like, hey, okay, great. Like the splashes are, oh, great. But we're not going to be here. Yeah. And then the poor yeah. this year, just on that edge, you know, of, of not making it. So, that's why awesome. I'm putting together an alumni game and, you know, bringing Ooh. them back and going, hey, you guys can play in the arena. Because I did promise people they'd be playing in an arena. <laughs> exactly. I'm, a word, man. I'm a man of my word. I will tell you. Uh, will tell you. So great. I'm at least going to give them the opportunity to come back. If they say no, if they can't make it. Well, they had their chance. So I'm definitely, <laughs> they had their chance. definitely big on my list for sure. You know. All right. I got to start getting in shape. Okay. <laughs> yep. Get ready. I'm not trying to get embarrassed in this alumni game. Yes, I got. I got Love one it. a list of story for you that probably okay. maybe my one of my all-time favorites to show. I think what she was all about as a player here, Stephen. If I can, yeah. She, uh, we had a game and she was sick, and she played in like 130 or some consecutive games. I beat her. She, she's sorry. sick. Oh, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I got her by like two games. So yeah. annoying. She was, <laughs> she was sick, and I'm and and I'm like, oh man, and we're over in the dome. And she's in the, you know, the doctor's office that's in the training room. And I'm like, well, she's sick. What do you mean she can't play? What do you mean she can't play? I'm telling the trainer. There, she's throwing up. She's throwing up. She's too sick. She can't play. I'm like, well, you know, he said, we're going to give her some fluids. We're give her some fluids. You can check at halftime. I go, okay, all right. So we're playing. And I'm like, every time I'm like, I'm sending the assistant back. I go, go check and see how the list is doing in that training. <laughs> you know, I'm like, this is not going good for us. It's not going good for us. Halftime comes, go. I'm like, okay, can she give it a shot? And she she comes staggering out like I'm I'm really gonna date myself though, like the old Willis Reed against yep. the Lakers <laughs> coming through the tunnel. If we would have had a big crowd, you know, it, they would have been really loud. But <laughs> really, it was the whole Willis Reed moment. I got chills watching her come out, and I'm like, let's go. And it's kind of like that. She goes in, hits a bucket, misses a shot, hits a bucket. That's it, but gave us that shot that we needed in the arm. And yeah. it was an important game. Like, I, I really can't remember who was playing. It was an important league game. San Jose State, yeah. Yeah, San Jose State. I was going to say that. I was like, yeah, am I right on that? San Jose yep. State, we needed to win. And she was willing to take the fluids, come off the table, go out and play, do it, and then call it. And that's all you need to know about Alyssa Charleston <laughs> and her greatness at Idaho. I can tell you that. Awesome. That's awesome. Story. I so appreciate that. And for what people didn't know, if they don't remember, there were several trips to the bathroom, porta potty, whatever it was near there, because uh, we were not feeling good. <laughs> Fluids were still um, not staying down. But it, no, that was they weren't. <laughs> that was a afterward. I felt fantastic. I was like, I feel like Michael Jordan flu game. What? <laughs> no, but that was that was a ton of fun. And last memory for me. Um, that I will always remember too. And it kind of, I feel like summarizes our relationship and what we are now. Cause you and I could go grab a beer together. And I think that's so freaking cool. Cause I don't think a lot of, a lot of players that I played and grow, grew up with um, that played in college don't have that relationship with their college coach. And I value that so much, but it was after we made it to the NCAA tournament uh, second time playing Louisville. We didn't beat Louisville. We were in that Iowa, locker room that was so tiny and like so thin and narrow 
but after the game, it was really tough. And, and you and I kind of knew like, this is it. Like, this is really the last of, for me, the best four years of my life and the most like growth. And we both stayed after and like, just kind of wept, like cried because it was so like coming to an end, but like, what a beautiful ride. And I continually just get chills thinking about it because you taught me so much. I grew so much underneath your leadership. And I just knew like, this isn't the end. Like we still get to be cool friends after this for a long time, but it was, it was so sad and emotional. Cause it's like, that was everything. Like that's your whole life. And it was coming to an end. That's uh, yes. I clearly remember that moment. Um, <laughs> you know, I always do uh, remember the end uh, of the careers of the, of the very special players that come through. And obviously you're at the top of that list for me. And the fact that it is cool, I think that you think it's cool that you can come have a beer with me and have that relationship. You know, that's like a goal of mine is players, if they would come back and sit down and have a beer and and feel comfortable enough and understand, yeah, there were times when you hated my guts. I get it, you know, but I'm not doing my job if that if you're not, you know, if you're not hating my guts at times, I'm not doing my job the way I need to be doing it. Mm, And to be able to separate that and understand you know, making you the best player you can be and the best person um, along the way as well and how that's going to develop you um, into your career and everything. I think it's great. You know, um, we just hired Taylor Pierce as an assistant, yes. a full-time assistant. Awesome. You know, sister. And, and the fact that she wants, she couldn't wait to come back and say yes and, and be a Vandal again and come back and be part of the program. And, and all those people that are like that, you know, they just, they just make me feel so good and so so proud of the job I did with you guys as people, not on mm. the floor. The floor speaks for itself. Everybody can see that. But as people and human beings, man, it's, it, I love it. The fact that we have our relationship and I have that with some of these players now, it just, you know, Allie's like that now, you know, um, Carlos yes. like that, Michaela, Taylor, those guys, um, some special. And I hope it continues with these guys that have graduated down the line and, and have that special um, ability to, to bond and connect because, you know, I owe so much to my players. That's always been my mindset is I owe it to my players. I owe the thanks to my players and their parents scout out to shout out to your parents. I love, I love <laughs> your parents man. Uh, man, these guys love are them. the best. They are the best. <laughs> but, um, you know, to have that relationship with the parents too, and it starts with that, but then with you guys, as the years go by, that's what it's all about for me. And it's a big thank a big thank you to, to you guys for making that making that happen for me. You know, it's not really the other way around. Love that. Yeah. My parents may be the only ones who decided to go on a trip to Cancun after I graduated <laughs> to watch you guys play. Like, oh yeah, you're just yes. going to watch them play. You're trying to get a Cancun trip out of that. Uh, that was unreal. the best ever. You're not even there. <laughs> not even playing. They're like, we're coming. So we're I love it. Family, true family, true family. Yeah. And I think all three of us, Stephen and I want to do a trip out to Moscow. We need to either go to Corner Club or, or you know, invade your house and have a beer, have a tub at the club or something like that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. yeah I, heard, I saw in the last one you haven't ever had a tub at the club. Jeez, come on. Jeez, come on. Expand your horizons I, a little bit, Alyssa. You know? <laughs> I taught you that, too. I had too many. I, I made up for hers. I made up Steven for hers. Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. You do all right over at the club. Yeah. <laughs> I do yeah, all right over okay. yeah. Rumor has it. Up your end. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Well, I love you guys' podcast, man. And I know it's going the right way. I've, I've told Alyssa since day one, I can't wait to see you on ESPN. 
Yeah, that's a goal of hers anymore. But she's as I watch all Always. those people doing all the sideline and you know doing the games, whatever. I don't care what role it is. You need to be on there. Yes, some she does. Need to be out, and you need to be in. So <laughs> she does. Call because I'm making the call when this is over. I'm ready. <laughs> He's, <laughs> He's making good. the call. He's making I the call. The biggest fan, biggest supporter in you always. I so appreciate that. Coach, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. It was a ton of fun. And I think we'll have to have you back at some point. Oh, I'm ready to come back whenever you guys will have me. This is awesome. And Stephen, thanks, man. And I, I know we didn't do any talking really about you too much, but your career was amazing. Here. <laughs> and I'm still pissed for you guys that you blew that championship game. Oh, man. Jeez. I was like, okay, here it goes. Oh, we're, both, we're both teams are going. We're both, everybody's there. Yeah. Everybody's happy we've done it. it was, so, man, I know I know how that feels because I've been at the the wrong end of of games clearly at championship <laughs> games as well, and it's much better with the net around your neck. That was that <laughs> right. That Let's, was special. That oh, was special yeah. though. That was a special. That was a special time, especially in Idaho history, just men's and women's that year. There you go. It was. It was. Yeah, That's it so really true. was. And that picture uh, picture tells it all. That's awesome. That picture is is that yeah. this picture? Well, it's definitely on our wall. Trying to think if this is a uh, this is the the big sky one that's the latest one that makes it on the wall. Oh yeah! But you guys are you that picture you're holding is on the, you know where everybody can see it in the hallway. So that's yeah, awesome. Love it. Don't worry, it'll be over love in the it. arena somewhere. <laughs> that I love out. it. Yeah. Yes. Well, shout right, out guys, to both well, men's and women's like programs. I said, I'm, I'd love to come back whenever you guys will have me. This is awesome. I could do this all day. <laughs> Definitely, Coach. We really can we get you to say. Can we get you to say there are no bad shots or something like that? There are no bad shots, especially on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Perfect.